Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. Do you like how I pause, Tom, after I, like I say that. luxurious? Because I, I like really that. want the impact of that word. To really land it. You want to land it home. For I want to make it sound like some really, really nice naugahyde. You know who really has a good setup for that, too, is Deacon Chip. Oh, I yeah. Love, I love his intros. That's and, Deacon Chip who, yeah. who, yeah. Got to see him. We talked about now, it the other day. let's see what's on the menu today. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's our guy. He's good, man. He's good. He's the world's tallest deacon, too, by the way. He is. These are good things You're to know. You're close. You almost got him. No, he's, he's no, no. up there. He's balder than I am, too. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of tall and bald. Yes. I did that terrible transition. I, I have, have nothing, no idea where you're going with this <laughs> one. Nowhere. This uh, could be the segue of segues. No, you know what I want to talk about today? All right. We, we need to talk. Uh, here's the thing. So I, I was at Mass a, a long time ago, mm-hmm. and I still remember a homily that somebody gave. It was another deacon. He gave this homily. He started. He was a guy that kind of read his homilies, and he he looks down at his paper and he's reading this thing, and he starts going. So, um, I'm sure that you heard over the last week the news reports that they have discovered the bones of Jesus, that the burial box of Jesus has been found, and he starts quoting all these uh, factoids off of uh, I don't know the History Channel and all these different educational things but also you know the news channels mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. and so i sat forward in my seat i bet you did and i thought well, wait a what second what was the rest of the congregation doing well you know that was interesting to me tom yeah because i, I don't think people understood the import of what he was saying seriously well but stop about not everybody's as smart as you are when it comes to the catholic faith yeah but there's so many of us tom not- and, and even me Many, many years ago, would sit there and just kind of like, whatever. Come on, bring it, Father. It's just words just flapping. I got, you know, I'm giving you 59 and a half minutes, and um, I'm out of here. Go. Right? (laughs) Exactly. And I think a lot of people do that and don't necessarily listen to the words. But I'm listening to that going, and and all of a sudden, my mind is like trying to get around this. Like, wait a second. And you're bug-eyed. Well, first of all, I thought, did I really miss the news? Did I miss that? (laughs) And I'm thinking, how is that possible? And he said it was incontrovertible proof. That Jesus existed, he was a real man, but his bones were found. Oh, man. Which means there was no resurrection. Right. Now, that got me to thinking. Now, the whole point of the homily, by the way, was to say, okay, so I'm pulling your leg. Oh, of course. That didn't happen. Right. But I want you to understand how important it is. How important the resurrection is to our faith. Yeah, the ramifications. And if you if you a lot of people don't stop and think about that. Mm-hmm. And so I thought today we would stop and think about that. All right. Okay. And I'm talking about postmodern Christian society. I'm talking about, you know, in the 2000s. I'm talking about now. Right. What if we discovered incontrovertible proof that said that Jesus existed, he was a real famous guy back back yonder in mm-hmm. the in the Middle East, walked around doing all these 2, things. 2,000 years ago. Yeah. Said all these fanciful words. Mm-hmm. Claimed to be God mm-hmm. because he said before Abraham was, I am. Right. right. He said he was God. He invoked the name of God, mm-hmm. the, the unspeakable name. Mm-hmm. He said it. You know, so here's this guy and then gets crucified. Mm-hmm. Right. And then there's those little chapters 
you know, are so the little uh, right at the back of each one of those books, gospels. They kind of did they just stick something on there mm-hmm. that says, "Oh, he was resurrected," you know, and and uh, and and I guess if 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 we discovered that today, mm. what would that mean to our day to day life? Right. Stop and think about it. This show would not exist for one. Well, this show wouldn't exist because it's called the Catholic Cafe, and yeah. there's and there's it's really interesting, uh, and and there's other things that maybe people don't realize the importance of, but they you wouldn't see any more fillet of fish commercials, you know, during Lent, <laughs> you know, on television. Uh, and all kidding aside, though, you know, it's true. <laughs> stop and think about this for a second. So, I also at the same time, I've also uh, had conversations with folks. I have a dear friend who. Uh, she was wanting to come into the church. She was getting married to a young man. He was Catholic, and she was not Catholic. Uh, and she was, so she was talking to me about Catholicism. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, so what do you... She's like, well, I'm struggling with this. I, I don't know that I want to become Catholic, I, but I want to be... We want to be the same faith, mm-hmm. right? Because we think it's important when we raise kids. And, and I said, well, that's a good thing to think. It's a good way to go, you know, to think that. But I said, but what's the hang-up? She goes, well, you know, the thing is, I, I don't believe everything about Jesus that everybody says. I think he was a really nice guy. Mm-hmm. who had some really nice words to say, essentially like a philosopher, a great thinker. So she know? didn't believe in the resurrection, basically. Well, no, she would say that that was a fanciful story that was told. Wow. Now, here's what I did. Mythological. Though. Well, I, I, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. So this is where I started with that young lady. It all ended up nicely, by the way, just so you know. But but <laughs> when I started out talking to her, I said, well, that's interesting. because, And I told her about that homily I'd heard from that thing. I said, what if? We found out that Jesus was real, but the resurrection was not. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, it, at that point then, so you have this really nice guy named Jesus who says these nice things. The thing is, he claimed to be God. And here's where he did it. And now here's all these different places in Scripture. Mm-hmm. And here's the entire history of the Catholic Church. And the first several hundred years where people talk about the Godhead, mm-hmm. right, the Trinity. And that Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, mm-hmm. was divine. Co-equal with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Right. Right. And the church taught this. Right. And so, you know, okay, so if you don't believe that, then what you're saying essentially is this really nice man with some good ideas about living peacefully and turning the other cheek. Right. You know, essentially he was a liar. Right. You know, it was uh, C.S. Lewis, right? He, he's the one that said liar. Liar, lunatic, or lord. Right. You get to, you get to choose. Right. You couldn't have all three. He had Mm -hmm. to be, he was, you know, and so either Jesus was a crazy man. Right. Or he was just a liar and spreading falsehood. Either way, that means that if Jesus is a liar or a lunatic. He's not Lord. Well, I understand that. But but more importantly, the thing that he says, Mm -hmm. you can dismiss that. Exactly. Because the last time I checked, most people don't go down to people who are in a mental institution right. and say, hey, what do you think about life and how can I better my life? And mm-hmm. Let me have some advice on some, maybe some financials here. I'm trying to do some investments. And what do you think? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and it makes sense that you wouldn't ask the guy who's like got this three foot long drool, you know, hunched over in his chair, you know, right. uh, staring at the wall, what, what we, we should do in life. And, and again, not to trivialize people who are sick and, no, and, and struggling, but you understand this is not where you're going to get those great lessons in life. Right. Unless it's taking care of the, the, the poor and the sick and the marginalized and the vulnerable. That's a whole different lesson. But, mm-hmm. you know, if Jesus is saying all these things, essentially he either becomes a liar or a crazy man if it's not true. Right. And so... Does that mean the message then 
can still be true even though Jesus is not. In other words, trust the source. Exactly. And if you don't trust the source, well, he's a liar. But what he's saying is right. Yeah. No, I don't want that to follow. Makes sense. I don't want to follow the guy. Mm-mm. I don't want to follow the guy that's going to say something that tell. It, it's going to be radical thinking in terms of like, uh, you know, like again, like loving your your enemies. Mm-hmm. Pray for your enemies. Love your enemies. Wait a second. That makes sense. No, it doesn't make sense. And so he's going to have these radical messages of radical love mm-hmm. that are going to cause us to go. Yeah, I need to do this. Oh, by the way, he's a liar or he's a crazy man. Well, maybe I'm not so inclined to follow his teachings anymore. Right. So you would chuck all that stuff. Now stop and think about this for a second. Okay, oh, so the world would be in nuts. Well, think about this. You know, you said we wouldn't be here because we we're wouldn't. the Catholic cafe. Well, what did Jesus do when he was here? He started he a church. His church. It wouldn't be here. Right. There wouldn't be. There wouldn't have been a church. Right. If Jesus was a liar and a lunatic, I guarantee you a whole bunch of people wouldn't start a church and it would survive. Mm-hmm. See, that's the key. I'm sure there would, might have been some kind of sect or group of people that, you know, just like these people that follow, you know, think they're going to get picked up by a comet or whatever. Mm-hmm. These little groups of people that live together in some, uh, you know, bungalow in Los Angeles waiting on this um, hail bop or whatever to come by and swoop them up and take them into the chariots of the gods or whatever. You know, and, and I'm sure, but those kind of groups don't last. Right. You don't see any 2,000-year-old groups like that. Right. Essentially. You're right. So we have this 2,000-year-old church. Now, that really, to me, is like sort of a proof that there was a resurrection. Mm-hmm. right? Because if there wasn't a resurrection, the church would have never survived. And furthermore, mm-hmm. if there was no resurrection, you know, what are we even doing talking about all this stuff? Talking about Jesus and talking about these ways of living together and living in harmony, living in peace. These, these, these reasons for or how to deal with each other in such a way as you spend eternity in heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, why would you even care about any of that stuff? Because, again, a liar said it all. Right. And, and that would change everything. It really would. I remember having a conversation, uh, uh, watching, not having, but watching a conversation on one of these uh, Sunday talk shows. And it was a religious-based question. It was about the, the resurrection. And they were saying, is it necessary that, you know, for world peace to have a Christian message? And so they started going down. The, and they had all these different Christians. They had all these different people. You know, talking, and there was a Catholic priest on the on the panel as well, and he was at the end. And so they go through all these different great thinkers or whatever, and it's like, well, you know, you can take the best of this and the best of that. You can you can assimilate these things, you can put them together, and you can kind of you can get a good, decent worldview and understanding of certain things, and you can you can you can have all these things with you, uh, and you can get some. And one after one, they're all saying, yeah, you could still, we would still have a whatever. And at the end, the Catholic priest said, you know, the reality is. There would be no church. There would be no salvation. There would be no forgiveness of sins. There would be no. There would be no hope. Why are we even talking about this? Mm. I mean, if there if there is no Christ mm-hmm. resurrected, mm-hmm. that means God's a liar. Mm. And so all of these prophets who have been speaking about this Messiah, and then we would see this Messiah come amongst us, and then we find out he's not really God. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we'd still be waiting on the Messiah. You know, and my heart goes out to to the wonderful Jewish people who still wait on the Messiah. Mm-hmm. But I, I guess in a postmodern Christian society, I've kind of I've lost patience. I, I don't know if I could do that, where I could just say, "Well, okay, we'll try again. Mm-hmm. Let's re-rack. Let's go back to we'll all be Jews at this point, waiting on the Messiah." Because mm-hmm. I guess that guy wasn't the one. Right. And I'm thinking, I don't know if I could do that. 
It'd be tough. It would be tough because we've we've learned this. I mean, two thousand years we've been we've been teaching and uh, preaching about this particular topic. Mm-hmm. You know, so the resurrection is fundamental to who we are. It is. It is absolutely imperative that the resurrection had taken place. And we're going to talk more about this because it really is kind of an earth-shattering kind of a concept. It is. You're it, right. It's, it's a life-shattering thing if you don't have the resurrection. We've got more to, more to share about this in just a minute. Before we do that, we'll remind folks at home we've got a great website, www.thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I would love to hear from you. Send me an email, deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And with that, we'll be right back. I'm Bess Trzemski, and this is another great moment in church history. Isabel Flores de Oliva was born to a large family in Lima, Peru in 1586. Even as a child, her holiness was apparent. It is said that a servant of the household once saw her face transformed into the likeness of a rose, hence her nickname, Rosa. At her confirmation at age 11, she took the name Rose. St. Rose knew at a very young age that God was calling her. Even as a teenager, she devoted herself to prayer and gave up many of the comforts of life in order to unite herself more fully to the suffering of Christ. Having read a biography of St. Catherine of Siena, she began to take her life of self-denial more and more seriously, even to the objections of her parents and friends. She first fasted three times a week, then offered a daily fast. This led her to abstain from meat and perpetuity. When she began to be admired for her beauty and devotion, she cut off her hair. If ever she doubted her path of suffering and self-denial, she was encouraged by visions, revelations, visitations, and comforting voices. She received the Eucharist daily, deriving from the Blessed Sacrament the grace and consolation to carry on. At the age of 20, St. Rose took a vow of virginity and joined the Dominicans. With permission of her order, she moved into a small grotto built in her parents' garden and lived there in a spirit of prayer and penance. While St. Rose spent much time in prayer, she still found time for acts of charity. She sought out the sick, the poor, and the forgotten in her community and brought them to her home to care for them. St. Rose never lost sight of the power and effectiveness of self-denial when it was offered up to God. Her entire life was a testament to the total, self-giving love demonstrated by Jesus' willingness to suffer for our sins. She wrote, Our Lord and Savior lifted up His voice and said with incomparable majesty, Let all men know that grace comes after tribulation. Let them know that without the burden of afflictions, it is impossible to reach the height of grace. Let them know that the gifts of grace increase as the struggles increase. Let men take care not to be stray and be deceived. This is the only true stairway to paradise, and without the cross, they can find no road to climb to heaven. St. Rose of Lima died in 1617 and was the first person born in the Americas to be canonized as a Catholic saint. Her feast day is August 23rd. I'm Bess and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Tom Dorian. Present. And we're talking about 
No resurrection. You know, when you really think about it, by the way, it's kind of a downer. Well, I think if you really contemplate it long enough, it can get you down. Don't you think? Well, if you believe that, I know that. I know that. Yeah, no, I think you can, and and I guess I think that's important for us to recognize that. Yeah. Because again, if there's no resurrection, there's no church. I mean, think about that for a second. The oh, I'm thinking (laughs) the impact of the church over the last two thousand years on society. Massive. So many people don't realize. I mean, you wouldn't have universities. You you wouldn't have hospitals. Right? Parochial schools. Right. You, you wouldn't have these things. You wouldn't have beer. Catholic charities. <laughs> There's just things that you wouldn't have. Yeah, exactly. All the charitable work the church has done. Because the church wouldn't exist. All the missionaries. Or if it had existed, it existed on a lie. And it would yeah. cr- quickly crumble. So yeah. all of the, the majesty of of Holy Mother Church, mm-hmm. all of the, the beauty, the dignity, the sacredness, it would all just wash away. It would crumble. It's like this house of cards. And I, I sometimes use that expression talking about the Catholic Church. Because usually the house, a house of cards is like a, uh, a negative image. You know, it's a house of cards that if you, you know, it's like it's so frail and fragile. But, but the way I like to describe the church as a house of cards is that everything is integral to its well-being. So if you get rid of contraception, or if you get rid of the papacy, or if you get rid of Mary, or if you get rid of confession, or if you get rid of the resurrection, it's like it taking fall in on itself. the whole thing would just collapse. Yeah, it's it's an all or nothing thing. Mm-hmm. And I guess I, I guess what we want to do in this in this show is really to help people understand just how important the resurrection and why this is not just some fanciful story. Mm-mm. I mean, it was necessary. This is what God told us was necessary for the forgiveness of sins, which means that if there was no resurrection, then there was no victory over sin, sin and death. So then we're still in that state mm-hmm. of not being reconciled to the father after the fall. Mm-hmm. And so this is important to us. It is. And as Catholics, it just seems ludicrous that we would kind of go, well, you know, I think the stories in the Bible are all just like fanciful. Mm-hmm. And they, they're teaching a basic truth. So while, you know, maybe the, the flood didn't happen that way, or maybe Adam and Eve weren't really in some kind of garden, because maybe they were some kind of primordial, primordial slime ooze or something, you know, and, and you, and you want to see all these things. And, and again, I'm not saying you have to take these things literally, mm-hmm. but sometimes we start to apply these, uh, these beautiful illustrations of truth in the Old Testament to the New Testament and say, well, there really wasn't a resurrection. Mm-hmm. There was a really nice guy named Jesus who had some great ideas. <laughs> but again, it's like, I don't want to buy the ideas if the guy said something and it's not true. If it doesn't turn out true, the whole thing collapses. Yeah. There's no more guys uh, with pointy hats, right? You know, with croziers walking around speaking in Latin. It just it doesn't exist anymore. Well, you'd just be a guru, you'd be following some guru, maybe, or you'd be following yourself. Yeah. Because if I stop and think about it, what would the world do right now if we discovered that there was no resurrection? There would be. I think there would be anarchy because Christianity has essentially become the light of the world, and that people might disagree with me on that. Mm-hmm. But as far as world religions. It is pretty profoundly effective in this yeah. world yep. as, as bringing peace and love. Now, you can use examples in the past of crusades or whatever. And, yes, there have been some little blots here and there in, in the church that have, mm-hmm. are things that we shouldn't dismiss. 
but it, it's a perfect institution filled by imperfect people, run by imperfect people, mm-hmm. but through the guidance and the perfection of the Holy Spirit, led into all truth, so that the church is 100% true, right? But there are guys and girls inside the church that might do things that aren't exactly Christian, right? right? Of course, that mm-hmm. exists. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, if there's no resurrection, it's all a lie. And doesn't exist. Yeah. Why would you, why would you waste your time going? Why would you be listening to this program? Yeah. Why would you spend time uh, going to church on Sunday? Why would you continue to come to the fish fries? Why would you continue to do any of the devotionals? Why would you pray a rosary? Why would you do any of these things? Because essentially the whole thing was built on a lie. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people think, well, wait a second. I've never thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. And that's why I kind of want to bring that up. So we understood this concept of, you know, functionally, Jesus did some things for us. I mean, literally, functionally for us by opening the gates of heaven, right? Yeah, there's that. So we can go to heaven to be with his father. (laughs) I mean, that's what he did. Mm -hmm. He also reconciled us to God. Mm -hmm. And so those actions were born out of the resurrection. And if there was no resurrection, then there is no reconciliation with the father. And there there is no um, uh, gates of heaven being opened. Mm Mm-hmm. And so they're still closed, and so we still have people in the abode of the dead waiting on some Messiah to come in the future. Well, we missed on this first one. Let's wait till the next one comes along. Hopefully, he'll be a better one. Mm. You're right. Yeah, it just it's, it's just, it just becomes crazy. And I, I guess I I guess I just get excited at Easter time because I want people to, to realize why we celebrate Easter every year, why it is so incredibly important as Catholics. You guys, you, you I know Tom, you and your family, you guys, you know. It's a big deal. Gussy up the kids and stick them in the car, and you go down there. Yep. To the church, experience the triduum. Oh yeah, see the triduum. How beautiful that it's is! Fantastic. See, you you get to see the whole thing when you go to the triduum. You really do, right? So you get to you you see the 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 night before he died. Oh yeah. The sort of glorious Last Supper. You kind of see that kind of lay out. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful, beautiful event. It really is. And of course, there's no dismissal because the triduum is one long liturgy. Mm-hmm. So they don't say the Mass is ended, go in peace, because the Mass is not ended. Exactly. The Easter Triduum just leads into you sort of depart in silence. Yeah. Right? They strip the altar, then you come back on Good Friday, mm-hmm. and you undergo the, 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 the remembrance, bringing present that, that passion. Right. Again, mm-hmm. how powerful that is. So is we powerful. see truly the suffering and the death right. of our Lord. Right. Only so that Easter Sunday... Experience the resurrection. Yeah, you get to you you get to bask in the glory of the resurrection. Right, and it's so important that the church does it every year. Mm-hmm. Right? We don't say every once in a while. You know, we ought to remember that, shouldn't we? You know, imagine <laughs> right. you growing up and 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 Gloria, your mom saying, "You know, Tom, <laughs> I, I think we're going to wait a couple of years to celebrate your birthday." You yeah. felt rooked. Oh yeah, <laughs> you 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 want to remember that. You know, it's just amazing how we remember these things over a period of a year, right? It's a cyclical thing. Mm-hmm. And just as we start to forget something, you know, the seasons come back right back around, revolving door, and we one more time, and we experience this, and the church sees this as so important that this is the big deal, the it big is. kahuna in the Catholic faith. The Easter vigil is the vigil of vigil, St. Augustine said. It is the, it is the Super Bowl. For the Catholic, it is. You're now, right. Now the sadness is. I mean, do, do you always do you go to the vigil? We do. Yeah, 
You like the vigil, though. What, what, what is it, it about the vigil that you like so much? You know, I like watching the catechumens coming into the church. Mm. Um, it, the other thing, too, is when you experience the triduum, it's it's like the church is filled with people that really get it mm. and yeah. want to be there. It's not like they're checking a box, if that makes any sense. It makes perfect sense. And I'm not criticizing others, but there are some folks out there that, you know, it feels like they're just checking a box. Hey, man, I've been in that before in my right. early life. I, right. I remember thinking, well, I have to do this. Yeah. And I think if you can get past that and get to what it really is all about, it's just, it takes on a different, it takes on the meaning it's supposed to take on. Yeah, that's, that's, that's beautiful. And, and, and plus you get to see this whole story play out right. Thursday, Friday, into the tomb on Saturday, and then Saturday night you, you, you yeah, experience. Yeah, when those catechumens come right. in, they're, they're there on purpose, man. They're not there just to check a box. That part is so cool. Because then it you really know is. there's life in the church. Right. We, uh, you know, at our particular parish, we're blessed. we got 50 folks, 50 people who are becoming Catholic. It's great to see. Right. So the thing is, if you're a person that thinks, well, you know, the resurrection is not that important. What's important is what Jesus taught us. And what I say is, then you're, you're listening to a liar. Right. And we wouldn't listen to a liar, would we? No, we would not. No. And, you know, so you have to understand that if you believe in the resurrection, see, then that suddenly you realize Jesus uh, taught us so much. And one of the things he taught us is that God, God is not a God of the dead. He's a God of the living. Amen. And so the resurrection is a sign of life. It's a sign of eternal life. It's who God is. Absolutely. Right? But I think more importantly, what we understand about the resurrection is if God can overcome death, mm-hmm. he can overcome anything. You're right. And think about that for a second. So we can put into his hands all of our problems, all of our issues. See, if you don't believe in the resurrection, then you don't believe God can fix your problem. That's right. If you need to move a mountain in your life, if you've got a, a cancer diagnosis, if you've got bankruptcy, if you all the issues, our kids are falling away from the church, whatever it is, we put those things in God's hands. Amazingly, he can overcome anything because mm-hmm. he can overcome death. And he shows that in the resurrection. Mm-hmm. That's why we have to continue to just glorify God in the resurrection, to live the resurrection, to be resurrection people. And you know what? Go to the Easter vigil. Amen. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, you sent your only begotten Son to reconcile us to you through his willingness to suffer and to die for our sinfulness. Help us, we pray, to see in his ultimate resurrection not only the triumphant victory over sin and death, but also the redemptive potential of all suffering. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. For more information, visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You'll find many links to Catholic resources on the web. You can also listen to previous shows online, download MP3s, or take advantage of our podcast feature. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.